But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priest and all the council to meet. And he brought Paul down and set him before them. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law? And yet contrary to the law, you order me to be struck? Those who stood by said, would you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, I, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest. For, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Now when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other part Pharisees, he cried out in the councils, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Then a great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the, Pharisees, of the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply, We find nothing wrong in this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take Courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to God in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So we've been following Paul along throughout the book of Acts, and here we find him in Jerusalem before the Sanhedrin council for the last time. Paul has arrived in Jerusalem despite uh, the objections of his friends and acquaintances and other believers, despite knowing that he would face these sufferings and trials upon his arrival. For Paul had a, a mission to go to Jerusalem to bring Gentiles from their churches across the world and proclaim the unity of the body of Christ and the gospel of Jesus there in the Jerusalem church. And as we read our scripture today and we see Paul before the Sanhedrin, there's many things we could spend our time talking about. We could talk about the intricacies of Paul's address to Ananias and what it means that he called him a whitewashed wall and how quickly he backstepped away from that when he was called out. Or we can talk about how Paul was uh, so wise as to see the Sanhedrin council divided between Sadducees and Pharisees who agreed to disagree on the resurrection of the dead. And he knew that was a contentious argument, and so he brings it up. And we could talk about how for the Jewish people it was a non-essential, but yet for us as Christians the resurrection is the most essential of the gospel. 
but we would be missing the whole point of this scripture. See, at the very end, we hear the very words of Jesus spoken to Paul. He says, The following night the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. How discouraged Paul must have been upon finding himself in the Sanhedrin and knowing this was the end. For when he arrived in Jerusalem, he had great hope that he would be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people there, and he even took a Nazarite vow. And then he received false accusations. He was dragged and beaten outside of Jerusalem. He then speaks to the crowd only to incite them further, to have them yell away with him, away with him. And then he was stretched out and prepared to be flogged before he finally revealed he was also a Roman citizen. And we saw him today before the Sanhedrin in which things are not going well. And and the following scripture that continues through Chapter 23 is that they plot to kill Paul. Paul could have been discouraged. But Paul also writes to the Roman church in chapter 8, verse 18. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. How does Paul get to such a place? How does Paul get to such a place with all of the sufferings he has endured in his life to be able to write that we cannot compare our sufferings of this world to the glory that is to come? For the glory of God is far greater than any of the sufferings we face. It's because of what Jesus said. See, it's told us right here in the scripture, the following night the Lord stood by him. It wasn't a vision. Paul wasn't in a trance. It wasn't a visit by an angel, but we are told that the Lord Jesus Christ stood by Paul, his servant, when he was in his most discouraged. And there, the living God stands next to Paul and says, take courage. Be encouraged. It's this Greek word, tharseo. Take courage is one word in Greek, tharseo, and it means be courageous, to take heart, to be bold, to be daring. And Jesus tells Paul to have courage, to take heart. Throughout all the New Testament, only Christ speaks this word, tharseo. And he does so five times throughout the scriptures. He tells the disciples, the apostles, and believers to take heart and to take courage. Christ uses these moments to encourage Christians in their faith in the midst of suffering, in a point where we could be our most discouraged. We see it in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, and the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. This story is recorded in both of those Gospels. It's after the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus had gone off to pray and the disciples were in a boat in the Sea of Galilee. It was the middle of the night and dark and the waves were crashing around and it was a bit foggy outside and the disciples notice a figure walking on water. 
And when Jesus approaches them, he says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. See, here in this moment, Jesus tells his disciples to take heart. And when he does, he reveals that he is doing so as God himself. For he says, it is I. Be encouraged, for it is I. He uses the same language that is revealed to Moses about God, that God is the great I am. And here Jesus is saying, be encouraged, because I am God himself. Do not be afraid. For he is God himself, made human, dwelling amongst us, and he is for you. Do not be afraid. In chapter 9 of the Gospel of Matthew, we see Jesus has two encounters, one with a paralytic man who doesn't even approach Jesus on his own, but his four friends go and dig through the roof and drop him in, in which he says, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And then later to a woman who has been bleeding, who through the crowds go and reaches to his garment. And he feels the power drain out and he realizes who it was and he turns to her and says, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Faith, not goodness, not her doing, but faith in who Christ is and what he has done. Jesus tells these believers to be encouraged and to be bold in this world because he is God himself and your sins are forgiven. For it's your faith in him that has made you well. Jesus takes these moments to remind us who he is and what he has done. But none of them are more famous than when we see Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 33. It's after they have celebrated the Lord's Supper and before they go to the garden to pray and Jesus is revealing about their sorrow that will turn to joy. And here he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus didn't promise us the happy-go-lucky life where when we came to him, all of our troubles in this world would disappear. Rather, he reminds us that we will face tribulations and sufferings and afflictions and trials. And he says, but be encouraged. For I have overcome the world. Take heart, take courage, be bold, for he has overcome the world. So it's Jesus who says, be courageous. For he stands victorious on our behalf. Because he is God himself. In him. And through your faith in him, your sins have been forgiven. 
He's overcome the world. Now there's many tribulations we will face. Many sufferings we will incur. Some of them we bring on ourselves and others they are attacks that come upon us from powers and principalities that are at work for evil in this world. We may be facing such sufferings in a relationship or in our marriage. And Jesus says, take heart. We may be facing a battle with a disease that brings us to our very knees, in which we realize there is nothing we can do on our own. And Jesus says, take heart. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid for God himself through your faith, has forgiven your sins and stands victorious. It's why Paul writes that our present sufferings do not compare to the future glory. It's why we as Christians in the midst of our suffering and pain in this world, we have a hope and a joy that gives us a peace that passes all understanding. In those very moments when we should be our most discouraged, we find ourselves encouraged by Christ who stands by us, who promises to never leave or forsake us, who we are told in scripture that there is nothing in all creation that can ever separate us from his love. So be encouraged. Take heart. For he is God. You have faith. You've been forgiven and he stands victorious. And here's Paul. Paul in the midst of the confusion and the mess at the Sanhedrin. Not even sure he accomplished what he thought he came to do. And Jesus stands by his servant. He says, take courage. You have testified and witnessed to the facts about me here. Now you must go to Rome. Take courage. For the God who is, for the God who saves, for the God who makes us well, is the God who stands victorious, is the God who stands with you. Go, take heart. Amen.